Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. I'm excited to be able to preach this morning, and have you ever wanted to do something so bad that you did whatever you could to make it happen, but then at the end of the day, it didn't quite work out the way that you were hoping it would work out? Have you, have you ever had that type of situation? I know I certainly have. I've, I've had situations in my life that where I wanted to really do something really, really bad, and I did everything I could to make it happen, and then at the end of the day, the situation or that thing didn't work out the way that I was hoping that it would work out. And in our first year of marriage, Pastor Christina and I, I wanted to take her out on a shopping spree. I wanted to go to San Francisco, go shopping, and I wanted to stay overnight there. And so I began to get on the internet and to do some research on some different hotels that were there in the area. And I saw that the average price of a hotel, this is 21 years ago, was about $150 to $170 to stay in, in Union Square where the shopping happens. And one thing that my wife knows about me is she knows that I don't really like to spend a lot of money on things. I like looking for deals, not because I'm cheap, not because I'm, uh, I'm stingy, but because I'm a good steward of the money that God has given me, which is a holy way of saying, I don't like spending a whole lot of money, y'all. I don't like the throwing my money away. And so I got back on the internet. I started looking for some deals. And I, I went, I, I got, I, man, I went across this great deal. I got, and, and, and I couldn't pass it up. $71 to stay in Union Square to be able to go shopping overnight. And man, this is going to be an amazing, amazing, amazing time. So I booked it. And then the, a couple weeks go by and my wife and I, we get in the car, we begin driving to San Francisco. And we're, we're having great conversation in a car. We're enjoying one another's company. Uh, we're, we're just having a great time. And we're driving to San Francisco. We finally get there. And as I get closer to the hotel, navigation brought me to the right spot. But when I drove up, I looked at the hotel. And it looked a little different than the photos made it look like. I want you to know I did research I looked at the photos, I read the reviews, I saw how close the place was going to be, but it looked different than it did in the photos. I, I could make out certain things, like where the door was, the entryway, but things just looked absolutely different. I thought, well, I'm sure it'll be fine. So I park, I get out of the car, I go inside to the main lobby, and I check ourselves in, and my wife brings in her suitcase, I bring in my suitcase, each of us have our suitcases for one night, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why. And so she had to bring her blow dryer. I brought my flat iron at the time. And all right, no, not really. Okay. So, so we, we have our suitcases. I check in. The guy says, hey, you're on the seventh floor. I was like, oh, great, man. We're going to have a nice view looking at the city. And so I grab my suitcase. She grabs her suitcase. We walk over to, to the elevators. And I look up. And, and on the elevator, there's a sign that says, out of order. And then there's a, a, a sign, an arrow pointing this way. I thought, oh, cool, they've got another, another elevator. And so I walk over there, and it's pointing to the, the stairwell. It, I've got to walk seven flights of stairs to get to my room. And I thought, you know what, doesn't matter. We're going to have a great time. So we begin to walk our suitcases up seven flights of stairs. And by the seventh flight of stairs, yes, I work out, I'm in the gym a lot, I do cardio, all that, but seven flights of stairs, man, life does not prepare you for walking up seven flights of stairs. My legs were burning, 
And then I get up to the door and I stick my key card into the door. See, some of you guys thought I was going to say it didn't work, but it did. It worked. It worked. It worked. All right. It, it worked. So I stuck the card in. The door opened up and there was a stench coming from the room. It was terrible. It was stinky. I walk in. I survey the, the land. I looked at the room and there were there were like paint chips falling off the paint into the ground. I don't know if anyone had cleaned this hotel room before us. And it was at that moment that I realized that I was a sellout. That I ended up paying for a room I did not want to get the savings I did want. And how many of you know that sometimes there are some deals that aren't deals at all? How many of you know what I'm talking about? This situation did not work out the way that I was hoping it was going to work out. And I'd like to be able to say that over our 21 years of marriage, I have learned when to look for deals and when deals are not deals at all. In fact, there was another time where we were married for about 16 years of marriage and we went to a Chris Tomlin concert in Davis. And we were, uh, we were excited to go to the, to the concert and we start driving that way and I start thinking, you know what, I know they're going to charge for parking at this venue. I don't want to pay the $25 to $30. I'm going to look where the free parking is located. So I get on my cell phone and I type in free parking and, and I have the venue right there, and it's like, oh, sweet, it's right there. It's only an inch away. It's only an inch away from the venue. And so I'm like, babe, we're going to get free parking. I got you, girl. We're going to go to a nice dinner out. I got you. So we, we go to the free parking. We pull in. You know, we're there. We get out of the car. Now, it's summertime, and we're dressed rather nice. We're going to a nice concert. And Christina has her high heel shoes. If you remember, six, six years ago, she was still wearing those high heel pumps that she would always wear. You know, I mean, she wears nice shoes now, high heels. But it was those tall ones where it's like, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about, like, like the real tall high ones. And so she's walking, and we get out of the car. We're walking closer to the venue, and she's, we're walking, and, and, and we walk for, like, several minutes. She's like, hey, babe, are we getting close? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's an inch away, babe. It's an inch away. And so we're walking to the venue, and after walking for literally about 15 minutes, she said, babe, how much further is this location? And her, she's like, my feet are killing me. Now, my ears were killing me because her feet were killing her and she was letting me know how much her feet was hurting and we walked another probably 10 more minutes it took us 25 minutes to get to the venue we walked two miles I realized that one inch on a cell phone can be two miles in reality and I realized at that moment that I sold out on the convenience of parking close to a venue all to save a couple of dollars and it was not worth it how many of you had that situation happen before it wasn't worth it and in life all of us have settled for things that seemed good at the time but later on we realized it wasn't worth it and it was less than God's best some people settle for for when it some people settle when it comes to a relationship with God and they settle for the things that God is wanting them to do and they don't chase after those things they settle they sell out on, 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 on giving up on their marriage, and they think that their marriage can't get any better. They, they settle for dating relationships when they know they should not be with that person, but they'll do for now. 
Some people sell out and give up on their finances and they're in debt. And even though they're in debt, they continue to put more and more money on the credit card because they, they've just given up on their finances. Some people have sold out on their friendships and they become friends with people that just pull them away from their things of God that God is wanting to do in their life. And they pull them away from things that God is wanting to do. And the topic that is so prevailing in our society today that I want to talk to you about is to don't settle, don't compromise, don't give up, don't sell out on things that seem good right now, but later on you're going to regret because they're less than God's best for your life. And I've titled the message today, Don't Sell Out. And we're going to take a look at the story of Esau and Jacob and how Esau became a sellout. Now, this story is found in Genesis chapter 25, so if you have your Bibles, or you have your smartphones, or you have an iPad, whatever device you're going to look up the scriptures on, we're also going to have them on the screens for you as well, but if you need sermon notes, maybe you didn't get them as you walked in, just hold your hand up long enough and the ushers will give you some sermon notes. If you've joined us online, you can get your sermon notes on on our website as well at goharvest.org. These notes will be a great tool for you to help you to know how to get through life moving on this time today. It'll be a great resource for you, but let's pray. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for your many blessings in our life. God, I have prayed, I've planned, and I have prepared. And now, Lord, would you add the anointing touch that comes with the power of the Holy Spirit today? Would you touch our time together? And we're just so thankful for what you're doing in our lives. We're thankful for the real peace of God that is in this place. In Jesus' name, and everyone said aloud, amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let me give you a little bit of background on Genesis 25 before we actually start reading the scriptures. Esau was the oldest son of, of Isaac and Rebekah, and Esau was the oldest brother of his twin, Jacob. So he had a twin. Now, Esau and Jacob, as they began to grow up, Esau became an outdoorsman. He loved to fish. He liked to go hunting. He liked to be outdoors with his dad, doing the things that a lot of guys like to do, right? <laughs> right? We like doing a lot of fishing. We like doing a lot of fun outdoors types of stuff. And, and this was definitely Esau. Esau loved being outdoors with his dad, which is why Isaac, his dad, really favored Esau over Jacob. Now, Jacob was really a homebody. He, he liked being indoors. He loved being home. And he would much rather be playing Nintendo Switch than being outside fishing or hunting. How many of you have kids like that that would much rather be playing PlayStation 4 or Nintendo instead of being outside? But one day, Jacob was in the house, and he was cooking some stew. And Esau was out hunting all day that after a long day of hunting, he got so tired and so hungry that he told his brother that he wanted him to give him the soup. And his younger brother said, well, I'll, I'll give you the soup if you sell me your birthright. That's the only way that I'll give you the soup. And Esau was so hungry that he decided to give up on his birthright. And he, di- he decided to sell his birthright for a can of soup that day. Campbell's soup, to be exact. No, it wasn't Campbell's. Now, you might be thinking, well, what's the big deal, Pastor Gary? What's the big deal about giving up your birthright? Why is that a big deal? It's a very big deal because at that time, the birthright was a huge deal. The birthright was always the inheritance of the oldest son. 
the birthright was given to the oldest son after the father would pass away, and this birthright would be given to him, and they would pass on spiritual blessing from the father to the son. It would get him financial blessing from the father. It would give him authority from the father that would allow him to become the family leader in the family. And when the father would pass away, the firstborn would be, would be given generations and generations of wealth. It would be like winning the lottery. Just in one moment, they would be given wealth and generations of wealth in one single moment because of the birthright, because they were the oldest child. And that day, Esau sold his birthright for a can of soup. And he gave up his entire inheritance and the implications of the inheritance. He gave up his entire future because he was so hungry and wanted some soup in his tummy. And I think that all of us can identify ourselves with Esau. I think all of us have been there before where we've settled for less than God's best. And I want to talk to you today why we sell out our birthright and why we sell our birthright and why we settle for soup. Because I believe that God has so much more in store for every single one of us here today. God has so much that he wants to do in our life and through our life. And I don't want you to settle. I don't want you to compromise. I don't want you to sell out for things that might give you monetary blessing right now for something that later on you'll regret because it won't be God's best. Come on, somebody shout, don't sell out. Don't sell out. And so this morning, I want to give you three reasons why we sell out and miss out on God's best for our life. Number one, we sell out when we are tired. We sell out when we are tired. Galatians, sorry, uh, Genesis chapter 25, starting at verse 29, it says, Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, Quick! Let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, I am about to die, Esau said. And Esau was out hunting all day. And now he's really, really hungry and extremely tired. And so tired that he listens to his body. And he says, give me some of that stew. I'm hungry. And in verse 23, 20, uh, 32, he actually says these words. Look. I'm about to die. Now, when I read these words, I think that's a little dramatic, right? Like, I'm about to die. You just had a meal that morning. You just had breakfast right before you went out to go hunt and to do all the things that you were going to do outside. And I get it. You're hungry and you're tired, but you're not going to die. And people sell out when they're tired. And when, you know, when, when things happen to all of our lives and when we, all of us get tired, things begin to happen. And when we get tired, we get vulnerable. And when we get vulnerable, people can take advantage of our lives. And when we get tired, we can make poor decisions. Have you ever made poor decisions before when you've been tired? When we get tired, we can get tempted and give in to temptation. When we get tired, it, give, it makes us want to quit and to give up and really sell out on what God has for our lives. And the reality is that with the amount of people that are here today, either viewing on, online or here in person, that there are people here today that are just plain tired. And you're thinking to yourself, I'm tired of my job. I'm at a dead-end job. You're thinking, I'm tired. I just started school, young people. I just started school, but I'm tired of the homework. I'm tired of the studying. I'm tired of the tests. I'm tired of people being mean to me at school. I'm just tired. 
Some of you are tired of your spouse and you're tired of their old habits and their bad habits and you're tired that they leave their clothes on the ground. You're just tired. Some of you are tired of your finances. You're just tired of, of always being in the same place week after week, month after month, year after year. You're just tired. Some of you are tired of the addiction that you're dealing with every single day. You wake up and the addiction is there. Some of you are just tired. And some of you are just physically tired because of a family member that you're taking care of. And it's, you, you love taking care of them. Of course you want to take care of them, but you're worn out. And you're physically tired because of the demands that are on your life. And I've been there before in my life where situations that were going on in my life were hard to deal with. Where I was just plain tired of the situation. I've been there in my life where our family was exposed to something that we had to walk through as a family where it was physically, spiritually, and mentally challenging. I've been there in my life where something is going on in my life in this area, but it's so challenging that it spills over into this area of my life, and it spills over into this area of my life where the disappointments of having to walk through that were so hard, where depression can set in or you just think to yourself man i hate the fact that 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 i i i just feel discouraged because of this situation and i'm being vulnerable with you this morning because i believe there's several people in here today that there's an area of your life that is bringing you so much discomfort and you're so discouraged over this area of your life right here that it's making you rethink other areas of your life and in that moment when i was dealing with that area of my life over there i started to question things in my own life I started wondering, well, am I going to be effective in ministry? And I started questioning, am I even called to ministry? Am I even called to doing this thing? Am I, I, I mean, this is going on in this area of my life, but, but this is so hard to walk through. I started questioning all different types of areas in my life. And then I started talking to someone, and I said, I started letting them know how I felt. I said, man, I feel so discouraged by this situation that I'm walking through. I'm just... I'm not, I don't know about anything anymore. I feel like I don't know if I should continue with this or with that. And, and man, I'm so glad that I was able to meet with a godly person. And they said, Pastor Gary, they said, I want you to know that whatever situations God allows to bring into your life, that God has already given you the anointing and given you the abilities and the strength to walk through that situation to where you're going to be stronger on the other side. You're going to make it. You're going to, you're going to make it stronger than you could have ever realized. And it was in that moment that I started to feel hope again. I started to feel encouraged again. I started to feel the presence of the Lord. And I'm glad I didn't allow my tired state to dictate how I was going to respond to that situation, but I let God's people speak into my life. And let me tell you what we need to do whenever we feel discouraged or whenever we feel tired. We have to get around God's people because God's people will encourage us. God's people will help us when we're tired. And whenever we feel tired, we have to allow God's situation. Yeah, God might have allowed that situation to, to enter your life, but God has already anointed you and given you the ability to walk through that situation to where you're stronger on the other side. Come on, somebody say amen. And when you're discouraged and when you're wanting to sell out, there are two things that will help us when we're tired. A, get around God's people. Get around God's people. And that's why church attendance is so important. Now, listen, if you're viewing online, I'm not talking bad about online viewers. Man, we love our online viewers. I am so glad that you're watching online. There are many benefits to watching online this morning. I'm so glad that you're here. 
But nothing can replace getting together with the saints. Nothing can replace walking into a building and being around other believers. There's just something that happens when you get around other people. You feel encouraged in the Lord. There's something that happens when you get on a serving team and you begin to serve in the nursery or children's ministries or in the youth department or in hospitality. There's something that happens when you get together and you say hi to people. You encourage them in the Lord. There's just something that happens when you get a part of a life group and you're feeling discouraged and you're tired and you tell your life group here's what I'm going through it's your life group that prays for you and lifts you up there's something that happens when you get around other believers you can feel encouraged you know this morning I got a phone call from one of our board members Marina Guerra and she let me know that her mom passed away this morning and she's been taking care of her mom for years and years and she let me know that she was taking care of her mom and last night around 3 a.m. she had passed and, I, and, you know, she's talking to me and she's saying, you know, I know where my mom is. She's in heaven. But on this side of heaven, it's hard, you know. And, of course, it's hard. You know, death is always hard whenever you have loss and whenever you suffer loss. But especially when you're around that person 24-7 and you're giving care for them 24-7. And I, I told her, I said, well, let me pray with you. You know, before, right before we got off the phone, I prayed with her. And she said, Pastor Gary, thank you for that prayer. That prayer is so encouraging to me. That prayer gives me hope. I know where my mom is, but man, I thank you for your prayers. And I'm just telling you, when you get around other people, we get encouragement from one another. That's why Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 says, Let us not neglect the meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. Did you notice that? You see what's a byproduct out of getting together? That we can encourage one another, especially now that the day is near of his return. So being around God's people is so key and so foundational when we find ourselves being tired because when we get together, we're able to encourage one another in the Lord. How many of you appreciate your brothers and sisters around you and you feel encouraged by their presence around you? Something else that will help us when we're tired be... Get around God's presence. Get around God's presence. When we feel tired, and when I was feeling discouraged and tired, it was the presence of the Lord that made all the difference in my life. Isaiah 40 and verse 31 says, But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. And Harvest Church, I want to remind you that if you're tired here today, that there's a God in heaven that will give you strength, that if you will just wait on the Lord, he will renew your strength, that if you will seek him and press into him, he will mount you up on wings like eagles. He will make you soar further than you could have ever imagined. He will give you the strength to go through any single situation you're going through. And if you're tired... And you're ready to sell out on God. Or you're ready to sell out on your family. You're ready to sell out on your career. You're ready to sell out on your finances. It's being around God's people. And being around the presence of the Lord. That will make all the difference in your life. Don't quit when you're tired. Don't settle for some soup in your life. Because God has much more in store for you. Come on somebody say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor right now and say don't quit. We need you. Say, don't sell out. We need you. <laughs> All right. Another reason why we sell out and miss out on God's best for our life is we sell out for instant gratification. 
We sell out for instant gratification. Genesis chapter 25 and verse 30. It says this. He said to Jacob, quick. Somebody shout that with me. Ready? Quick. Quick. Quickly. Quick. Let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. Now, young people, have your parents ever asked you to clean your room and you said, all right, I'll do it tomorrow. And your parents are like, no, I said, I want you to clean your room right now. Have your parents ever said, let me see a show. No, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Don't, don't throw your parents under the bus. I'm joking. Every parent has said that before, okay? Let's just all be honest. We, we've all said that before. But it's with that type of urgency and that type of intent that Esau says to his brother Jacob, no, quickly, right now, give me some of that soup. And Esau was hungry and Esau was angry. That's right. Esau was hangry. He was both hungry and angry. When you put them together, you get hangry. How many of you ever been hangry before? You ever been hangry? Man, we'll act up whenever we're hangry. We'll act up whenever we're hangry. And Esau was out hunting all day. He was extremely tired. He was extremely hungry. And when he walked in through that door, Jacob had been cooking this amazing stew. Man, this stew was so good. Chicken noodle soup, Campbell soup. It was so good that there was an aroma that filled the air. So when, when Esau walked in, he couldn't help. He smelt that aroma, and all he wanted was some of that soup that had filled the air. And there are times in our life where we're so tired. You thought you already dealt with that addiction. You thought you already dealt with all the different stuff that are going on in your life. But when you're so tired, there are times when Satan will tempt you with the aroma of those things that you thought you already dealt with. And the aroma will fill the air and it entices you and it, it gets your attention. You're so tired that, that, that it makes you think about those things a little bit more. But the birthright was something that he had to wait for. He, he had to wait until his father passed away but when it came to the soup he didn't have to wait for the soup for the for the future blessing to take place he had to wait for the inheritance to come he had to he had to wait for that future reaping of blessing to take place but for the soup he could have that right now instant gratification he did not have to sell he did not have to wait and so Esau became a sellout for instant gratification and he sold out on some yummy in his tummy he sold the birthrights, and he missed out on all the things that God had planned for his life. Listen, Harvest Church, don't miss out on what God has for your life for instant gratification. Don't miss out on what God has for your life for a bowl of soup. When I was a kid, I idolized Michael Jordan. And in fact, I idolized Michael Jordan so much that I named my son Jordan after Michael Jordan. That's how much I loved Michael Jordan. And when I was in the fifth grade, there were these shoes that came out. They were the Jordan 4s that came out. You might recognize them. This is the black pair. I really wanted this black pair so bad, the Jordans. And then there was another pair I wanted. I wanted these Jordan 4s, but they were the red and the, and the white version. I wanted both pairs of shoes. And I said, Mom, I want these shoes. Can you get them for me? And she said, all right, let's go to Foot Locker. Now, back then... All you had was one, well, you had two choices for shoes. One was Foot Locker, which is where you got the authentic shoes. The other one was Payless Shoe Store, where you got the knockoff version of what was at Foot Locker. 
Now, if you're over 30, maybe 35, then some of you know that the Jordan 4s came out, and you can get the Air Jordan 4s. But if you couldn't afford the Air Jordan 4s, and you went to Payless Shoe Store to get the XJ900s. How many of you remember those ones? <laughs> nah, baby, there was no XJ900s in my house. So we went to Foot Locker. My mom took me to Foot Locker, and I walk in. They take my shoe size. And then they go to the back, they bring out the black pair that should be the size that I need for me, and I put them on. The guy goes down and feels, he says, oh yeah, how do they feel? I said, man, they feel perfect. He says, great, they feel good, you have enough room to grow into them, I think these are the perfect shoes for you. I said, great, I also want the white and the red pair. So he goes, all right, let me go in the back and I'll go get those. So he goes to the back, he brings out the, the, the white and red pair, only this pair was a half uh, size too small and he says I'm sorry we don't have your size if you want we can just call another store or you can drive to another store and and we can see if they have them but I didn't want to wait instant gratification I wanted those shoes right now come on say that with me say right now and so he brought the shoes out they were half size too small I put them on and I said, oh, yeah, no, they feel great. Man, these are the right size for me. And he says, okay, well, let me, let me go down and feel how, where they're at, where your toes are at. And I had enough sense to scrunch my feet up, my toes up a little bit. <laughs> Yo, y'all, I, I, wasn't re, I wasn't saved. I wasn't redeemed. Don't look at me all crazy. All right, we all had our past, okay? This is part of my past, part of my testimony. This is pre-Jesus. So the guy comes over. He reaches down, and he goes, oh, yeah, they feel good. And, and, and he looks at my mom. He, she, he says, he even has some room to grow into them. I think they're the perfect size. I, I said, great. I'll take them both. I'll take, I'll take the black pair and the white and the red pair and took them home. The next day, I wanted to wear the black pair. So I put them on. It was school. I wore the shoes to school. Man, I got so many compliments. That, like, people were like, you got the new Jordans? No way. They were like, man, those are awesome. And so I couldn't wait to recess, you know, to go out there and play basketball. And I can tell you, that day, I felt like I ran faster. I jumped higher. And, man, my shot was better. I mean, I felt like, wow, these shoes, there's a spirit of Jordan in these shoes. Like, man, I felt good about the shoes. I went home, I took them off. Then the next day for school, I wanted to wear the white and the red pair. So I put the white and red pair on, and I'm, I'm, I, you know, I have a little extra swag in my step. I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got my red shoes, my, I got my Jordans. and So I go to school, and I can't wait for recess because I want to play basketball again. But within a couple hours, my feet were starting to hurt because they were the wrong size. And by lunchtime, it was so painful, I couldn't even, I, I could barely walk, yet alone run. I didn't end up playing basketball that day because I couldn't even barely walk in these things. I got home, I took the shoes off, and when I took my socks off, I had blisters on my toes because they were the wrong size. And listen, so many of you are giving into instant gratification and what you're trying to put on you wasn't meant for you. And it's actually going to damage you. It's not going to help you. It's going to damage you. Stop trying to put on things that don't fit you because of instant gratification. Stop trying to do that. And here's what I've learned in my life. I've learned not to sell out on things I want most for what I want right now. Because if we're not careful, we will experience disappointment right now instead of experiencing the best that God has for our future. And when we're getting impatient and where we're getting the urge to want to sell out, we need to ask ourselves this question. What would my future self tell me about the situation I'm going through right now? 
If we could travel into the future five or 10 or 15 or even 20 years from now, what would our future self tell us about the situation that we're going through in life right now? What would our future self say to you about your job situation right now? Would it be to work hard, don't cut corners, have integrity, get the degree, go to college, get the certification, put in the time needed? Is that what your future self would say? What would your future self say about your finances? Would it be to pay now and don't put it on a credit card and don't spend the next 20 years to pay for that Air Jordan 4s or whatever it might be, whatever, whatever you put on credit cards, would it be pay for it now so that you don't have to pay for it for the rest of your life? What would, what would your future self say about your finances? What would, you, what would your future grandchildren say to you? Would it say keep the family together? Would it be don't settle? Would it be don't go chasing after the career so much that you neglect your spouse and you neglect your children? What would your future self say to you about your health? Pastor Gary, don't go there. Pastor Gary, don't talk about my health. You can talk about the other things. You're okay there, but don't talk about my health. Kendrick, right? Don't talk about my health. What would your future self say to you about your health? Would your future self say, don't get that dessert after dinner. Push the cookies away. Don't buy that tub of ice cream. Pastor Gary, don't go there. Would your future self say, you need to exercise a little bit more, you need to do a little bit of cardio, go to the gym at least three or four times a week? What would your future self say, Pastor Gary, you got to stop right there, don't keep on going, all right, all right, all right, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done with the health thing, okay, I'm done, we'll move on. Don't settle on God's best for your life for instant gratification. If you settle for instant gratification, you're going to put things on yourself that were never meant to be put on you. They're not going to fit, and at the end, they're going to hurt. Don't give in to those things. Don't settle for a can of soup when God has so much more in store for you. Come on, someone say amen. amen. The third reason why we sell out and miss out on God's best for our life, we sell out because we do not see the future blessing. We do not see the future blessing. Esau sold out because he could not see past his hunger. And sometimes the things that are right in front of us will seem a lot bigger and more important than they really are. Let me show you Genesis chapter 25 and verse 32. It says, look, I am about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? What good is the birthright to me? Esau could not see the future blessing that this birthright was going to bring to him. He could not see that there was going to be something that was given to him. He was going to have spiritual blessing passed by from his father that would give him a leadership capabilities in his family. It was going to give him the ability to lead his family. He could not see all the future blessings that God had in store for his life, blessings that were right around the corner, and yet he decided to sell out for a bowl of soup. And too often, here's what so many people do. When they cannot see, they sell out and they settle. When they cannot see, they start saying things like this. Well, what good is it for me to live a life of integrity? What good is it if I go and, t and attend church? What good is it if I pray? What good is it if I read my Bible? What good is it if I live a life of integrity? What good is it if I keep on making the right decisions when things keep on happening to me anyways? What good is it if I work hard when bills keep on getting piled on higher and higher? And when we cannot see, we sell out and we settle. 
And maybe there are some of you here today who are struggling and you're thinking about settling in some part of your area and you're settling for less than God's best because you cannot see the future blessing by just holding on for God's best. God has a perfect plan for every single situation that we're going through right now in our life. And it might be a rocky marriage. It might be that you're going through some challenging time with your children. It might be that you're going through a difficult time at work. But God has a perfect plan for the situation that you're going through in your life right now. And the God that took you to that situation is the God that will take you through that situation. And God wants to use that situation in your life so that you could be salt and light in this dark world. God actually wants to help every single one of us. But when we don't see, we settle for less than God's best. And I wonder, what would have happened that day if Esau could have traveled five or 10 or 15 or 20 years into the future. I wonder what he would have said to his present self. I wonder if he would have made a different decision that day. I want to submit to you today that I believe he would have chose a different outcome, that he would have chose a different situation than settling for a can of soup to trade in his birthright. You see, God, whenever you read about God describing himself throughout the entire scripture, Old Testament or New Testament. God always describes himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You can read in the Old Testament where God describes himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You can read in the New Testament where God describes himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Throughout history, it was God's intent to associate himself with three great names. Let me show you in the New Testament, Acts chapter 7, verse 32. It says, I am the God of your fathers. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled and feared and did not dare to look. And I submit to you today that throughout history, it was actually God's intent to not address himself by these three great names of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But from the beginning of time, it was actually God's intent that he would call himself and identify himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. And that day, Esau submitted himself and he gave up and he sold out for some soup when actually God had something else in store for him. God had a birthright for him. That, of course, meant spiritual blessing, financial blessing, all of that. But for the rest of eternity, God's not going to describe himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. He's going to describe himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All because of this one decision right here. And when we're in the midst of a trial and we can't see what God has for our future, and when we're in the midst of a trial we can't see what God has for our marriage and we can't see what God has for that future relationship, when we can't see what God has for that future spouse, when we cannot see what's on the other side of that degree, oftentimes people sell out on some soup instead of waiting on God's best. Oftentimes people, when they're going through tough times in life, they settle. And let me illustrate it for you like this. When people go through tough times, oftentimes people will reach for the Campbell's soup. They'll reach for the soup, the less than best. 
But I want to submit to you today that God actually intends to do something different. God didn't want to give you soup. He wanted to give you steak. Come on, somebody. How many of you like steak? It was God's intent that you would not submit yourself to some soup but for some steak. Don't settle for some soup because God has filet mignon in store. Don't settle for soup because God has ribeye in store for you. God has steak for your relationship. Do you believe that? God has steak in store for your finances. Do you believe that? Listen, some of you are settling on some soup for a relationship. Dump that joker and get yourself a real man or woman of God. Someone that will pray. Someone that will seek the Lord. Someone that will seek the presence of the Lord. God does not want you to settle for some soup. He wants to give you some steak. How many of you love steak? Oh, man, I love steak. I love steak. Some of you need to turn right now to your wife and say, I'm glad I didn't settle for some soup. I'm glad I waited for the steak. Come on. I'm glad I waited for the steak. Every person I have known in my life, whenever I've heard their story of success, they were at a crossroads. They, they describe a crossroads that they were at where they had a choice that they could make. They could cho choose before the blessing came. They could have chosen to give into whatever that thing was. They could have chose the soup or they could have chose God's best for their life. And when I talk to these people and they tell me their story about success, they say, I'm so glad I waited on God's best for my life. It was worth the wait. Some of you ought to be glad you didn't marry your high school sweetheart. Some of you went to your 25-year reunion. You saw what they look like, yo. I mean, you, you saw what they look like today. Look at your neighbor again and say, look at your spouse and say, I'm glad I waited for the steak. Because God saved you from some soup. That's what he did. He didn't want to give you soup. He gave you steak today. He gave you some steak. Would you stand with me this morning if you're able to stand as our worship team comes? And I, so, I know for some of you, all you can see right now is soup. But God has so much more in store for each and every single one of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says that it says that that is what the scripture means when it says, No eye has seen. No ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And I'm looking at a group of people that love him today. God has some great things in store for you. Verse 10, it says, But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. And I believe that God is speaking to some of our hearts here today. Maybe you're tired about the way that things are going in your life. And maybe you're contemplating giving in to certain things for instant gratification. But you know it's not God's best for life. But you're just tired of the wait. Maybe the situation you're facing here today may seem really, really big and really, really difficult. Because you can't see past the situation that is right before you. You can't see the future blessing. And God is speaking to your heart right now. And he wants to reveal some things to you by his spirit. You might be tired. But I want to remind you this morning. Don't settle. Don't give up. Don't compromise. Don't sell out for some soup when God has something better in store for you. And in just a moment, our worship team is going to begin to sing. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram 
at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.